Hi, I'm Alex Cox. And I'm Kathy Campbell. And this is Roboism. A podcast about robots and tech and isms, but mostly robots. And also today, one of the best topics, I think, across Relay FM Switch On, automation. We're a fan of automation here at Relay FM Switch On. I, I think so anyway. Yeah, I would say, I would say unequivocally, that is true. Before uh, we get into what I'm sure will not be a rant of any sort, Kathy, we did a fun thing the other day for members of Relay FM Switch On. How can people find that? Yeah, uh, coming out later in June of 2022, you will hear a podcast that probably will never be repeated again, but that's okay. That makes this one <laughs> even more fun. Um, we played a little bit of a game with our friends over at uh, Make Do and Conduit, um, and that's part of the members special, which uh, in the spring, uh, Relay FM Switch On likes to present uh, some special episodes to inspire and another word here that I can't think of, uh, make people want to become members. Um, and we Ooh, have a bunch. inspire and incentivize. That seems like Ooh, a very that is a, yes business yes. term. <laughs> yes, I love that. Okay, yes, incentivize. Incentivize. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a coercive drug that, like uh, the Sacklers, would be <laughs> would be peddling. Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Um, that is not what we're peddling. Um, but what we are peddling is um, our podcast in your ears for money. Um, and uh, if you give us money, um, we will give you podcasts in the special little crossover feed. Um, there are several very good episodes out right now, including a rec diffs slash ATP crossover that becomes the feeling show that is very good. Um, so, so yeah, uh, join, go to relay.fm slash members. And um, you can also go to relay.fm slash roboism and then join That's the one you should do that, that one as go, go to that a one. member for this show and support Alex and I yeah, do it, do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Subliminal, um, and then subliminal. you get all of the goodies uh, across the rest of the network um, that show up in the crossover feed. And you get to be a part of our Discord, um, which is a great community of some really cool people that are doing some really awesome things, including some people that do some things with robots and automation. But that's not what we're talking about today, are we, Alex? No, no, no. Today... We're going to talk about automation as it relates to the workforce. And the reason that it, this came to mind was an article that came out recently in The New Yorker called The Problem with Blaming Robots for Taking Our Jobs. And 
Kathy, hey, you've heard that robots are coming for all of our jobs, right? You you host a podcast about robots, so this is something that you've heard <laughs> not in in various outlets. Indeed, um, and even before I hosted a podcast about robots, uh, this is something that you kind of hear. If it's not the uh, immigrants that are taking our jobs, it is uh, the robots. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's a fear that I feel like is um, deep in a lot of people's minds for some reason. Um, Instead of seeing how this benefits your body and like ability to maybe not do the really boring repetitive stuff people get scared of it i think you could say which is i think a well or hmm, is uh, maybe not is but was a very rational fear even from the like back when the assembly line was first made it's like all right as soon as we can get you know the the robot arms to do this we won't need people the problem is that never came to pass and instead what has happened is weirdly the opposite of what most folks expected is what is happening with robots and uh, and like the artificial in- intelligence and automation because as they, as we mentioned there's a lot of tech shows and here at Real FM switch on that talk about uh, automation a whole lot but it's always almost always in terms of personal automation right. and how you can make yourself more productive versus a a business let, let's say versus someone who owns a bigger business and wants to make the entire workforce more productive. So they're like, all right, everybody is now going to have office chairs that take them where they need to go or, or something <laughs> like that. I would, Okay, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> well, I- exactly. That that does sound amazing. But again, that would probably be something that you'd have to implement yourself and it would not be a thing that an employer would do. And, and right now, I know that like talking about very like desk white collar t- type job and that's I was trying to think of an example of that because in terms of like quote blue collar job I I hate both of those terms um but uh, even with manufacturing there are not many robots around as one might think which is a disappoint it continues to be a disappointment t- to me uh because <laughs> well what, what has happened uh what what had happened was according to merlin man um <laughs> the, r- right Did now you push a little lady 
the, I didn't push it. Sorry. No, I, I got a, I got a, um, I got a robot to do it for me. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this piece um, from Jane Hu in the New Yorker uh, talks about a lot of books that we've mentioned here before, actually uh, automation and the future of work and smart machines and service work, uh, which are like, Hey, Automation could be a, a good and interesting thing in the workforce, but it's not. And the reason it's not is because it would be, sure, more effective, but possibly not cost effective. Because what you need for the robots to do their job is for people to program and work those robots. And those people uh, will like want slash need some sort of education when it comes to computer science. Whereas when you can, instead of like making an, uh, let's say you're Uber and you want a self-driving car. Oh, cool. Yeah. T uh, to and from points. Uh, awesome. But then you need to hire people to program those versus having an entire workforce of drivers who not only don't actually work for you that that are quote contractors those are the people who have to provide their own cars and their own gasoline which i forget about which is absolutely bonkers um and it's much it's it's cheaper to do that than having to maintain yeah. your own vehicles even if you are literally building them your yourself does that sort of i'm i'm al explaining but i'm trying to like sort of <laughs> Uh, put this in like tech uh, examples, I guess. Uh, yes, I have literally nothing to contribute <laughs> after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and but the the thing that right now a lot of people are concerned about is still sort of sinking into this hole of pessimism around automation. Um, and there uh, obviously there's a reason to be pessimistic about it, like you just talked about, um, because you need, uh, in, in order to automate things, whether it be um, software or machinery, like you, you need, quote, soft skills or what the like labor force um it, i i did not know this term until recently uh the what is it called um oh it, it is not it is considered re redistributed redistributed why can't they just say redistribute whatever redistributed labor instead of productive labor because right. you can redistribute your knowledge to other folks and those folks get paid to program the robots versus productive labor, which is the people actually in a factory gluing things together to make products. And that is totally like, oh, yeah, go go for that. There is ah, no shame in assembly blind work. I mean, holy 
crap we've seen with the Apple service repair program now. And that'll oh be. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, Apple will finally let you um, repair your iPhone, sort of. And it's but it's incredibly uh, difficult, which is why it it is just it requires a huge skill set on its own to be able to make an iPhone. And but um, those skills currently are um, undervalued because of the the capitalism word but Mm -hmm. i i um but the 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 reason i am slightly more optimistic is that with the sort of uh, resurgence of unions especially amongst quote young people like (laughs) myself quote young um you know we uh, grew up not knowing or understanding what unions were or how um automation in the workforce like like we were fed the line of you need to develop your skill sets otherwise a robot will take your job Right. And oh gosh, I get a little bit salty slash embarrassed because I bought into that idea. Here's the thing, though, is that if you're not learning, you're not, you know, growing. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Everyone is going to um, believe things that we were told. Mm-hmm. Um and there's things now that we've been told that we believe that may or may not be true uh, or it may it may not be 100 percent accurate or anything like that. And and the truth of the matter is, is that there's no way to escape it all the time. Um, but what you can do is pay attention to other situations to learn things that can help um, mm-hmm. contribute to your personal growth in ways that robots can't really do because it's hard for them to get uh, like a full body and mind upgrade. Mm-hmm. And but the the issue with like uh automating your own job like if you have a cushy desk job you're uh again cushy yeah asterisk 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 uh but what i have found at least is uh unless you ask for it your employers probably aren't going to offer ways to make your job easier or offer you the resources to learn how to like automate your own software and whatnot. But uh, along with collective workplace organizing there, the internet has become for, for all of its ills, things like GitHub are such a game changer when it comes to sharing human resources, not, not corporate, like (laughs) brain sources um, that almost everybody I know who makes software, it has used someone else's code or has shared their code. And that's where I think the um, pessimism of automation 
hopefully will fall down is when slowly, hopefully, God willing, organizing to make sure that employers provide more resources for their workers means that, like, one, a robot won't take your job. But two, when we get to a point where we can, it is, like, cost-effective to have robots slash machinery to do that labor, we won't be have to be the ones providing the robots to do the work. Like, that's where... I my my fear comes from basically because of the whole problem of like, ugh, oh, we saw this from working from home, like the problem of, OK, what uh, does your job want you to pay for yourself, like your Internet access or your desk and chair versus, you know, having an uh, office where the resources are provided, but they might not be the best resources. So but when you have this. Um, gosh, I'm sorry, I have so many words. Uh, but collectively, you know, just realizing that, yes, we can make our own lives easier and we don't necessarily need to, that there doesn't need to be an increase in uh, work productivity. Like the reason I like to automate things with software, at least now, is so I can be done with it and it can be out of my brain so I can do things like watch TV and and, and basically shut down my brain as much as possible. And as the the problem the problem I see with this, especially in America, um is that our, as a society, our productivity is based on the number of hours that we work. Yep. And most people's jobs are the same way. They, people don't actually care how many bits you put together to transfer to the things to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. They only care that you are there in the morning you take your 30 minute or hour lunch and you leave, you know, after six, uh, and you're done. Like, and, and bye, you leave, but you're available just in case, you know, there's any quote unquote emergencies. Um, and the, that, that is going to be a problem. Um, if, you know, unions and these convert, if, cause here's the thing. There is a chance, very small though, that this labor shortage, which isn't really a labor shortage, it's more of a labor strike across the entire, like all of this stuff. It's less of a labor shortage and more of a an excess of greed amongst a right, certain groups. Right. I would yes. Say. Yes. Um, and the fact that. Yes, if you own a business, you do deserve to get income from that business. However, that does not mean that you have the right to exploit your workers that are doing actual work. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a hot take. Hottest of takes. Hottest Empathy. of Empathy. Well, and the other danger... For both with automation and with exploiting workers is often 
we uh, by by we i am i do mean like millennials especially millennials i we i don't think we realized what exploitative labor looked like so younger employers would do the same thing thinking it was okay thinking like uh, not not maliciously doing it like oh you need to d- do this work these hours cuz i had to Mwah-ha-ha-ha-ha. but right. the expectation has just it's there's an inter the intergenerational workforce uh, could i think could have gone in a really dark way and still could perhaps but the i don't know that pandemic if one good thing came from it it was sort of and hopefully an a societal acknowledgement that some things need to change. And I don't believe that automation and robots are the answers, but I do think um, there's there's less of a fear of uh, technology. Well, at least in terms of like um, tech mach- machinery taking jobs um, and even less of a fear of algorithms and more of a fear. I don't even want to say fear, but like an anxiety around uh, power, like in realizing that, oh, the the people who have power are still ultimately humans. Like the uh, robot uprising isn't coming anytime soon. And at first the the uh, what could happen with robots sure like they're they're here they're working but it's still people who impl- quote employ the robots like it's not you know and that's the anxiety is around employers and not machines i think right. is what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah 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 um and, and that's the thing too is that like this is we are so far away from the robots being to legitimately take our jobs. And there's a great example. Like, I'm just thinking of, I don't know about you, but our local uh, McDonald's got the little kiosks that you push the buttons to make the order and and do the money right there. Granted that it's not a real robot, but it kind of like takes, takes a job, you know, um, so you could like say, I want, you know, the chicken nuggets with this drink, this mm-hmm. sauce and mm-hmm. pay. And then you have a number that you go when the food is ready. Um, the number of times that I saw people like just skip that or there were issues and they that you need humans mm-hmm. to run the robots. Um at, at at no point is there McDonald's will always have humans. Mm-hmm. And whether they be on the menu or uh, right. that got <laughs> that was a wow. dark joke. Um, that was a very dark joke, but funny. <laughs> I approve. Uh, I I tried to find some stats on this, but mm, by try to find, I mean about fifteen minutes ago. I'm, I it was actually um, Jewel where or Kroger is I believe the like conglomerate's name Kroger grocer or whatever. I was trying to find if there was any uh like like if there were fewer employees after 
self-checkouts became super popular. And I could not find that statistic. And I think that it would be a big deal if that had happened. And I think I would have known just because I'm a, a nerd. And also, I, I do. I love self-checkout. I don't like talk. Oh, dude, I do too. I do. Like, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, self checkout. But as you said, like most people skip that still because it's weird and confusing. And McDonald's does not want to employ people to 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 fix those machines or to get to make a good user interface for those machines. Or to, I mean, or to to make, um, like like to, to be in store and working them, and they they could like yeah. all. I have full confidence that McDonald's workers, for if they were paid more money, like and had the resources, could absolutely run those machines. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. I like computers aren't that hard. Uh, like yeah, but but for the record, we're not expecting everyone to become a robot scientist and be able to do robot surgery. Like that's not, that's not what we're saying. There is still a very like, I'm not like entry level functioning of here's a manual. If this is the error message, you find it in the list and you do what it tells you to do type of a thing. Um, there, there will always need to be that, that human stuff. They're not expecting you to know how to code you don't need to necessarily get out, you know, soldering iron and tiny little screwdriver and the fancy glasses that have the little whoop, whoop, flip down lenses to like get in really close that you you definitely always need to use when using a soldering iron, at least in my head. <laughs> um, but it, there's always there's always going to need to be people to run the machines and robots and also always need to be a very basic level of maintenance. I read a book called The Rose Code uh, a few months ago, which was basically um, a novelization of three different women that worked at Bletchley Park, um, which is the secret base operations of the code breaking during World War II. Um, and that's where they, uh, <laughs> that's where they like broke the enigma, you know, with Alan Turing. Wait, so, and, so, oh, oh, really? Really? This is, they were, yes. okay. So I'm, I was going to say, is this, is the, were they working with Mr. Turing? And I was going to make yes. a, a gay joke of like, I wonder if, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Alan Turing well, was gay, everybody. <laughs> I mean, one of the, one of them ends up being gay, uh, in the story. Not that it matters, but that being said, uh, yay representation. But also this happens after, uh, Enigma was broken and the machines that were used to create like to continue the breaking because so once uh, Turing like created the machine to break it you still have to set it up every morning so that it can run the machine so that you can like decode each day's secret messages or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point they had a building that was full of the machines that were breaking the code 
but the the problem was is that they were also breaking. So <laughs> these people were hired. Um, you know, the, the whole thing of like, oh, can you solve this in less than this code in less than blank minutes? You can come and work for us. Well, all of these people at some level had that that type of brain to work to do the coding part, including the ones that were made to like fix the machines because they could figure out, you know, kind of what was wrong. Um, and so I, I'm just thinking of even though we had a robot to break the codes from Germany, it didn't we still needed the humans to run the codes. And even mm -hmm. if that situation happens now, you can have the, you know, the algorithm to break the codes, but you still need the people to do the coding, like to, to tweak it, to adjust it because robots can't figure it out themselves. Uh, absolutely. And I think what I'm trying to say and just not doing a great job of is, is like that those supposedly blue collared jobs are not just necessary, but just as valuable as the people tinker, as the jobs of fixing the the robots. Like I, uh, one thing that I was thinking about the other day that if I, I find absolutely wild is I was feeling like really gross about wanting to hire someone to uh, clean, like like clean my apartment once. Like we've been here for. Oh, almost seven years and things just get icky and one yeah. after a while. And my favorite, possibly my favorite gadget other than my computers is my beloved Roomba, Miss Mr. Rompers. And uh, that robot is way better at cleaning the floors than yeah. I am but it could not hold a candle to a human who is good at this stuff. Like I am so bad at cleaning and uh, there are so many people who are amazing at this. And yet yes. we consider that a, uh, like not a skill, which is so bonkers it's to so me. It's so fake. Like that's so, I can't even believe that because like it's, it's such an impressive skill and ability to make that your job. We also are lucky enough to have a housekeeper come every two weeks uh, and clean our bathroom and kitchen, our bathrooms and kitchen. I almost said that we had multiple kitchens and only one bathroom. <laughs> That's not actually how our house is laid out. <laughs> but... I don't want to think back to the time that I did not have this housekeeper that lets me get to a point where I have the basic feeling of cleanliness that I am not a failed housekeeper type of a person. You know what? I have decided now that I am going to get someone to clean our apartment because I... I yes. My my one thing, though, is I need to find some I, I want to find uh, an independent person or yep. a someone who isn't from a, uh, gig a economy app. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, yes. We have that's that's who we have. We have an individual person who runs their own business. They're the only one because they they have had several people try and um, like hire and they end up like not working out so it's just her and she 
comes to our house and cleans us. And then um, once a month, she then goes to my brother's house after and the other parts of the month, uh, she goes to my parents' house. Like our family has hired her. That sounds like a really healthy relationship and a great uh, exchange of uh, of skills for well, yes. like like of, of um the uh, uh, what's it called a great exchange of I don't know because I give her money and she gives me a clean house. I this is really breaking my brain because. God, people who people who clean thing profession things professionally now, um, and and both housekeepers and um, I don't know. I I guess mechanics also clean cars. I I I don't know, but like, there's so much skill involved that people love watching YouTube videos and TikToks of it happening. And sometimes the people make more money from that than what they're actually doing. And like the whole, uh, hey, chefs shouldn't have to fix the robots that uh, take your food order. Why do people with these skills need to also be, quote, content creators? some, Some want to, and that's great. But Oof, oof, I just got a big case of the icks from that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I didn't want this one to be sad. Yeah, it's the world is weird. Okay, um, how about we talk about how great it is that people have figured out how to monetize um, their daily chores? Wait, by those YouTubers that clean their house and film themselves cleaning their house, and they make money from cleaning their house. That is a good point because you know, uh, instead of me being like a Debbie Downer of like people have to make more stuff, which is still blah boo. But yeah, absolutely. Like now, I think there's a recognition that these are very impressive skills that should not be undervalued. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think as a society, if we are able to kind of. Acknowledge the fact that these are good skills and talk about it more um, than and show the value in that. That also allows it that, hey, if you have a robot that can do something like this, that's cool. But there will always be, you know, a difference between the hand knitted sweaters and the mm-hmm. machine knitted sweaters. And for something to be as good uh, in in my opinion often with something like a sweater or an artisanal object <laughs> like like uh, <laughs> I, I, I yes uh, clothes food whatnot the best of those mass produced things are the ones that have been created by people with those skills i, I let's uh the example the devil wears prada like um <laughs> miranda's like duncan on Anne hathaway her her assistant for her like clothes from target or whatever and she's yeah. being terrible about it however she's like the reason you're wearing that is because Really talented artists made uh, like this trend or this fashion style, and it was like sort of a trickle down. Um, and then 
by the, by the time it trickles down, some sometimes it's better now. It's it's kind of a crappy product. And yeah, gosh, Miranda, you were oh gosh, the the devil who wore Prada was yeah. almost got woke for a second. Show she was I know, so close, it was so close, so, so close. close. <laughs> I it's so funny because I wrote I watched uh, the Devil Wears Prada on a plane uh, last month, and uh, I tweeted because I could not get it out of my head. So I was like, let me put it on the Twitters so that it exists. So I have it um, out of my brain. But basically, I want a movie of, you know, that part of things from Miranda Priestley's point of view. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You see it in the movie that you don't see it in the book because the book is very much uh, I'm whining and complaining about my job type of a situation. <laughs> it's real um, bad. It's real bad. Uh, so the movie actually makes things a little bit. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, um, I, I want I want a movie with her or, you know, I take a book. I'd be fine with that. Um, basically, I want to see it from her point of view. Because different points of view are a beautiful thing that we can try to experience as humans. Yes. I, I You know what? That was almost happy. I'm happy today, Kathy, because we got to do that super secret little treat for our members the other day. And I believe 26 hours ago is yes. what you said. And yes. Gosh, two days of Kathy in a row. It's been wonderful. It's so exciting. And uh, this is not as depressing of, a, of an episode as the last one. So that's good. <laughs> uh, Kathy, if people want another uplifting show to listen to, where could they find it? I think you make one. I do. You can right here on this network, you can go to relay.fm slash conduit where my buddy Jay and I hang out and we talk about productivity in real life terms. So what to do with your life and still feel productive, but also how you are worth more than what you produce. And uh, Alex, if somebody really wanted, really enjoyed our humor, <laughs> as dark as it is in <laughs> this episode, and they wanted some more of that humor from you, where would they go? Oh, I see what you're doing. They they you could go to dubyfriday.com, which is a weekly challenge podcast that I have with a friend of the network, Relay FM Switch On, Merlin Mann. And what's a challenge, you might say? Well, we could be like, hey, uh, I just, uh, this week we're going to eat some chalk, or this week we're going to try out a new piece of software, or this week we're going to go for a bike ride. Uh, those are, I don't think we've done any of those things except Ooh. for the software, but hey, I'll put it on the future list, yeah, maybe. put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Alex Cox. And I'm Kathy Campbell. And this has been Roboism. Thank you for listening.
I should be optimistic. I know why. 